Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who I won't put you out like a light switch. Uh, and I definitely won't do the other. I won't be turning any lights on. Uh, I'm more like I'm lowering the dimmer switch slowly. And I make this podcast if you're new because you do deserve a good night's sleep. This is a different podcast. It's here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. It goes nowhere. It rarely makes sense. It's kind of, it's just kind of barely fun and well, it's definitely welcoming. So I'm glad you're here. Check the show out. Comes out for free twice a week on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, Thanks for making it possible, patrons. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts on your mind, you like things you're thinking about, about the past, the present, the future... So thoughts, it could be feelings, anything you're feeling emotionally could be like related to those thoughts or the feelings that are just there. I don't know if they're latent. I might have to look up what latent means in a minute uh, or they could be active. I think like here, what is that called? What is that energy, that potential energy? Latent and potential, latent and potential energy related at all. My brain is shrug. Even my brain is shrugging. It's not saying I'm. It says I, I have no idea. So much so that I can't even embarrass you for being incorrect. But whether your thoughts, your feelings have latent energy, potential energy, or you're saying, "Oh my goodness, uh, forty years in a laboratory, an energy laboratory." Under the tutelage of someone who was under the tutelage of someone who was under the tutelage of someone who knew the definition of the word tutelage uh, of Albert Einstein. Uh, my word, I'm, I've tuned into a sleep podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so it could be thoughts, feelings, it could be physical sensations that are keeping you up. Changes in time, temperature, routine, laboratory, tutelage. Could be any type of tooting. Tooting in bedtime does not always go together. You got those uh, under the cover toots. Hopefully, that's like a limited thing. Uh, you got horn tooting. Uh, not many horns toot anymore, but uh, they go toot, toot, toot. That's a very polite way of calling it a horn or a ship. You could have a ship ship going by. How come the like like a, a, a the trains don't go toot toot though, do they? They go choo choo choo. I guess they could go toot toot toot. Root toot toot and train. Uh, I hear a lot of trains. I hear two kinds of trains, three kinds of trains actually. Uh, freight trains, uh, BART trains, and uh, Amtrak trains from my window. But they don't really keep me up. Uh, but whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that and keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, and the way I do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. 
pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. What that means is my voice is not always, uh, it's not traditionally soothing, but you may find it relaxing and distracting and comforting. And uh, then um, uh, pointless meanders and superfluous tangents, you kind of already saw those, like where I go off topic, I get mixed up, I forget what a word means. Go back, try to figure that out. Uh, maybe we'll look it up in a minute here. And then, um, oh, all to keep you company so you can fall asleep. Why do I make this show? What is the purpose of this podcast? Why does it, these are all legitimate questions. I'm not being ironic. Uh, why would anyone listen to this? These are all, those are really good questions if you're new or if you're a regular listener. And if you're new, you might be skeptical or doubtful or confused or irritated. Totally normal. If you've been having trouble sleeping like a lot of us have and you've tried a bunch of stuff and then you Googled this podcast or someone recommended it, it does, yeah, it's like a, it's, this show is a very is a bit different. Uh, and I'll try to explain everything, but the reason I make a show is twofold. One, I've been there in the deep, dark night, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, trouble waking up, uh, over all that stuff, thoughts, feelings, uh, mind racing, physical sensations. I've dealt, I've had different stuff. So that's like one thing is I know how it feels like deep down. It feels not great. Uh, or, or I start thinking about bedtime a day or two ahead of time. I say, Oh, more, oh no. Sunday's coming, and uh, it can be lonely there in the deep, dark night. So that's one reason I make the shows, because I know how it feels, and I know it's nice to have some kind presence there to keep me company and say, hey, that must be tough. Uh, I'll be here to kind of keep you company and take your mind off of stuff if I can. And the other side of that is that you deserve a place where you can have that. So whether it's this podcast or something else, you can find it at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But uh, you deserve something that's going to keep you company and take your mind off stuff. A bedtime that you at least feel neutral about, but a bedtime you could look forward to be great. And the sleep you need would be great because then your life will be more manageable. And if your life's more manageable, the world we live in is better because your world's better. And that is important. It's important to me. And I I know it's important to you, even though it might be easy to say, oh, it's not. It it is. uh, And you deserve it. You deserve a good night's sleep. So that's why I make the show. This is a couple other things to know. One, almost no one likes this podcast on their first listen. I mean, a, a percentage of people do. But for the most part, it takes two or three tries to get used to the show. It's just very different. It's very strange. And that's not my word for it. I would have thought every, you know, would be like, oh, okay, I definitely don't like the show or I could like, but most, like more, more than hundreds of thousands of people, probably a million people have said, took two or three tries for me to get used to that show. So see how it goes. Um, and, 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 and see if you, if you like it. Like, we don't gain anything. Regular listeners are what keep the show going. So just see how it goes. See, there's no pressure to like the show. But see, give it a few tries. See what happens. And uh, hopefully it helps. Uh, so that's, um, I think that's that part. Oh, structure of the show. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this podcast that, um, oh, you don't really listen to. Did I say that yet? No. It's a podcast you kind of barely listen to. You can listen. That's one of the hardest things to get used to. It's like a, almost like a, looking at an out-of-focus photograph or something, but without trying to figure it, you say, huh, that's kind of not bad. Uh, 
like a zoom background. And you say, well, it's kind of blurry, but that person's zoom, it's not too blurry. Like the colors in your zoom background, they're blurred in the way that's not bad. That's this podcast. You're not trying to figure out what's in the zoom background, but you're saying you could be in a pastel kitchen with a pastel pantry behind you. But I don't know. But like thinking that relaxes me. The pastel, the pantry of pastels, the pastel pantry. So this is a podcast that you just kind of barely listen to in that sense. I don't know if that's the greatest analogy, but it's the one we have today. And this is a podcast that doesn't really put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep or to keep you company if you can't sleep or to keep you company while you're sleeping. Like, I'm here to be your friend in the deep, dark night. Your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar bird, your neighbor, your boar bud. And, uh, like, to be your friend in the deep, dark night. So if you can't sleep, I'm here keeping you company to the end. But if you're not listening to me, I'm here keeping you company while you're not listening or while you're sleeping. I'm here for you. So those are a couple other things. The structure of the show also throws new people off, um... And it's a show's designed in a very deliberate way, and you can adjust as you become a regular listener. But let me explain why we structure the show the way we do it. Show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I try to say something silly. And that way you feel seen, you feel welcome, or you say, okay, I can check this place out. I may be comfortable with it. I'm not sure yet. And we say something silly or mildly witty. Uh, so they say, okay, the tone of the show is like a little bit, uh, goofy. So that's the beginning. Then there's support. So the podcast can come out twice a week for free wherever you want to listen to it. And that's the sponsors and the people that support the show directly enable us to do that for you for free. It's optional. You say, oh yeah, I can. I'll listen a couple times. Maybe I won't like it. So yeah, no pressure. Or I'm not in a position to support the show. I'm just a student or I'm a new parent. Yeah, no worries. We're here for you for free. Twice a week, whatever podcast app you want. So that's the first part of the support. Then there's support for listeners. Then there's support for the communities around the show. Then there's the intro, which is separate from the support. And the intro is a show within a show where I go on and on and on trying to explain what the podcast is. Never quite successful, never concise at all. And for some people, that they think it's part of the support. But really, the intro for a new listener, you say, oh, okay, I get the style of the show now. You never, you're going nowhere fast or slow at the same time. You're treading, you're treading in like a goop. And I say, oh, yeah, you know me already. Congrats. And so, so it, uh, I don't know. The reason it goes on and on and on also is there's a lot of on, on and on and ons is for a lot of listeners, regular listeners, their pets, their fishes. What up my fishes? Uh, and that, when I say what up my fishes, that applies to all, you know, every once in a while I'll tell people to kiss their own shoulder or their bicep, uh, and say, good job. Uh, good job kissing that bicep. You know, any bicep is good, or whatever you want to call it. Your arm, yeah, let's just call it a bicep. It doesn't have to be like a movie bicep. It's just that thing. Some people will kiss their shoulders, but I've been told that, you know, that's not as easy. 
even for me, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, let's stick to the, oh, let's guess that bias. What does that have to do with anything? Well, what does that have to do with the intro? Well, the intro is different every time. So whatever is keeping you awake can't quite adjust. And it takes 15 to 20 minutes or so so that it eases you into bedtime. It gives you a break between getting ready for bed and falling asleep in the bedtime story. And that's just what we've seen work uh, is having a way to ease into bedtime. Whether you're listening as you're getting ready for bed or you're doing something chill or you're already in bed getting comfortable, the intro is the transition part of the show, the landing strip. Then there's uh, what comes after. Oh, then there's support again for the show so it can be free twice a week. And then there's a story. Tonight it'll be a, a new, something we're trying new, a little like a Bay Area Adventures travel tips or off the, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not quite sure because it's new. And then there'll be thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. Uh, let's see. So let's look up Layton. Latent, L-A-T-E-N-T. I guess it's two syllables. Uh, an adjective uh, of of a quality or state existing but not yet developed or manifest. Oh, boy. Hidden or concealed. A latent talent for dis- diplomacy. Or in biology, um, a bud or resting stage lying dormant or hidden until circumstances are suitable for its development or manifestation. So um, I have no idea what context I was using. I think I was talking about latent, oh, feelings, latent feelings. Uh, oh, boy, that's pretty accurate, actually. Like uh, the feelings that are there that you're uh, bare, you're not quite aware of, but you can feel them. That, you know, I deal with that a lot, uh, they're lying latent, not quite a hundred percent latent though. You'd say, could you, could you be a little bit more latent? Like, is there a sub latent? Could you get into some sub latency? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's something like that. Uh, because, uh, they say, well, they say, yeah, just, can you, can you do your latency a little bit, uh, like, uh, yeah, quiet down your latency. Well, that's like my, like, uh, my latency's tone is built into the fa- and I say, well, you, if you could just do it, like we're looking for a, you know, an impulse. You know what? Keep your latency out of my dreams too. If you could give me any of this latency, if you could bring it to a latent level between the hours of ten a.m. and four p.m., or even better, two to four, uh, maybe or yeah, like that would be perfect. Or maybe like on a Sunday. No, not Sunday. Oof, uh, How's your Saturday looking? Well, this is things uh, that make up your whole. And I say, great, that's terrific. But, but um, I mean, I could probably squeeze you in Saturday at ten. Do you, do you want to do an imaginary brunch uh, with this late, latent stuff? These latent feelings. Uh, like, how about you? What if, like, how about this? Let's make a deal. Whenever I'm walk walking, you know what? I get latent thoughts. Uh, how come can't, can't can't you come visit? Can we schedule a visit uh, whenever I walk the dog or take a shower? I mean, you're probably there anyway. Uh, it'd be great, if, you know. You could um, um, I could give you like maybe thirty percent of my attention. How about twenty percent? Uh, anytime I'm showering or walking the dog, 
or driving alone or running or listening to a podcast, uh, I'm usually thinking about something else anyway. So couldn't I squeeze you in and and not squeeze you in? That sounds too, uh, sounds like it would make you have some latent feelings about being latent, but, uh, you know, I'd just love to pencil you in for something official, but even though I don't have a pencil or a calendar that's like that, uh, it'd be terrific uh, to just get you on the calendar because, uh, then we don't have to, then at bedtime we have an agreement. You're, uh. No, I'm not trying to make you. Don't put. Don't shrug. Don't. Don't let your shoulders lie. No, no, no. This is a. This is. I want to see you. Oh boy, I want you in my life. Latency. I mean, except when I'm using the internet or something. I need. I can't have low latency or whatever. You know. But uh, no, no, no. I'm looking. Ha- I'm looking to see you on a regular basis. This is a start of something special. Because usually, here's a pitch. Here's a pitch for you, Leighton. Uh, like, uh, normally at bedtime, believe it or not, it seems like the best time to bring stuff up with me because everything's quiet, but that's because I'm trying to fall asleep. Uh, but, but, and, uh, and there's, there's other parts of me that are also in competition with you. And I'm saying, I'm not hundred percent sure you're just, you're, you're a nocturnal being. You may be diurnal and I don't, I'm I mean, I think that means by the, 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 let's, let's make you diurnal. If you're not, the sun shines out there sometimes. There's like, uh, you get to see stuff, uh, and then you'd be on, you, you, like, you'd be, you would no longer be latent. So I don't know if, if that's part of it would be that would transform you. It might not be, you say, well, then what would I need to change my name? I say, you may, but I think that's part of the process of being latent, you know? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm glad. I, I'd love to have you more in my life. Is is my, my? I'm really saying that. I'd love you. I'd love you to be. Uh, I'd I'd love to be giving you thirty percent of my attention, which is more than I give almost anything. I was just trying to start us off on an honest foot footing, you know, because uh, if I told you I'd give you hundred percent of my attention, that wouldn't be very respectful, right? I, you know, hearing it out loud, I'd say, "Oh boy," but that's the truth. I mean, just think about my poor dog. She's walking. Now, meanwhile, about 40 my percent, you know, 40 my percent of my brain at all times is we will just call it concerns. Uh, and then that leaves about 60 percent left. Uh, 20 percent we could throw out to uh, a generalized confusion. I don't know. What does that give us? 20. But I'm I'm selling you. I'll pull I'll pull some from those other things. Uh don't worry, I won't take anything from paying attention to the, you know, bathing part, you know, the cleaning. Uh, well, if you could keep an eye on me while we're talking, if I'm bathing, just make sure my feet and my armpits get clean, but not before I wash my face, all right? Because I like to, I don't have a specific order. I never developed a specific, we could work on that, uh, but, uh, like, I don't let you go my face first because to say... Well, even though I know where the soap's been, you know what I'm saying? But then you sometimes I forget. They say, did I wash my armpits? Did I wash my feet? Uh, am I boring you, Leighton? That's maybe why. Like, uh, So anyway, let's work on that. What do you say? But it's not a, I'm not trying to disregard you or disrespect you at all. I'm trying to say, 
let's we're in this together, right? And I think we know that. That's why you're latent. You're saying that's why I need a little bit more sub latency. How about this? Uh, like, let me put, put it to you this way: Would you want your own sub? I mean, who would turn down a submarine, right? A late latent in a sub instead of sub latent. I'll put you in your own submarine. You'll be cruising around after midnight. You know, maybe you're sleeping. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a club, the latency sub club. Uh, uh, you could do whatever you want in that submarine. And, uh, I mean, if it's something cool, like, let me know about it. Uh, um, well, now I'm wondering if then that would take away, say, well, uh, like, but so, yeah, you could have your own submarine. You won't be sub latent. You'll be cruising in a sub. And then during the day, we'll have some check-in time. That's all I'm saying. I think that's pretty good. So anyway, those are the kind of things that come up here in the intro. They go on and on and on. Uh, sometimes we solve things like we just did. I think this is a new... You say, what happened to sleep with me? Scooter, uh... Print turns out Scooter opened a club in a submarine in Ibiza. And it was unbelievable. He's a billionaire now. He's a billionaire club. He has sub-clubs, sub uh... In, uh, you know, the Thames and other places. Uh, and uh, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, it's, in, it's all in his imagination, though. So I'm glad you're here. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. I appreciate you stopping by. And here's a couple ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, hey, everybody. Scoots here. And uh, this is a different kind of episode. And I'm like totally, totally new. And um, so it should be interesting. And I don't know if this may be uh, created in two parts. I'm not even sure. And I didn't know if this would like, so, so I, I don't know. So this is a, like a couple days in the bay. And the idea of this one is maybe to find some, I wouldn't say they're underrated gems where you live or where I live in this example, but a couple like half day uh, adventures you could go on. Now, now, I guess if you were coming to the Bay Area, if you live in the Bay Area, this these should this should be on your list or whatever I talk about in this episode. Say, hey, add this to your list. But the reason it's good to sleep to is it won't be anything exciting. And if you were coming from out of town to visit, um, probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't like, wouldn't necessarily need to do this unless it's your, like your fifth time coming to the Bay Area for a visit. So I don't know if that's, uh, what do they call that? Lurism? Like a local tour? Like, because it's not really a staycation because it's just a day trip. Stuff to do, I guess they'd call it. And I want to encourage you to do this uh, because one, uh, it's it. Uh, I just like it's something I fall in and out of. The more I fall into a routine, the less likely I am to go on local adventures, and then I have to kind of respark that for some reason. And it always in my mind seems more difficult than it necessarily is. Don't know why, but. Uh, it just is. So it's something I, I'm uh, working towards uh, changing. And uh, so I'd like to take you along on this day trip here uh, where we'll be going out to uh, Antioch, Pittsburgh, and Walnut Creek. We will be eating at a chain restaurant. 
And I don't know how many historical facts I have. I can look some up on Wikipedia, I'm sure. Well, let's take the journey. Uh, let me look on a map, actually, of, of some of the places we'll journey. Because that's a part of it, you know. So if you're in the Bay, what you first want to do is, uh, depending on where you are in the Bay, is you want to get to 680 North, uh so for those of us, those of you in San Francisco or the peninsula, well, if you're, depending on where you are in the peninsula, it'll be different. Uh, but if you're um, in the East, in, in the, in the Oakland, Berkeley, East, the, the East Bay or San Francisco, you're going to take 24 and you're going to connect with 680 and uh, you'll take 680 north. Now, this is where it gets confusing. It got confusing for me is that there's a road called 242, which I think is also 680. I don't know. And you're going to take 242 north, uh, where 680 splits off and heads uh, northwest. You're going to take 242, which heads north, uh, north, and or a tiny bit northeast. And by this time, on 680 and 24, you'll be passing through Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill, Concord. And then you'll get out there uh, and you'll hit, uh, I don't know, what is it we hit here? Like, don't worry, I got a map thing open. So oh, four. Though you could take Willow Pass Road. I did, we did not take it. I was just following the directions that were given to me. And here's the thing, this, this part is, uh, all you could, you could take BART for, for some of this, not all of it. Uh, so I can't give you advice, uh, uh, for all of it, but this is pretty cool. If you, you haven't been out, out here, you get to start to see, uh, some things you haven't seen before and, uh, You'll see some industry. You'll see those rolling hills I talked about. You'll see Mount Diablo at some point. And then you'll start heading east on four. And you'll be to your uh, left will be Sassoon Bay. And uh, what is that called? The Delta, right? That's what they call that. The uh, Sacramento Delta. I think that's what they call it. And we'll start proceeding through, um, you'll start heading west. And you, you, as you see the hills, you'll see some open areas. And some open areas that may become housing soon that used to be U.S. property. And you'll keep, you'll eventually pass Willow Pass Road. We saw, what we couldn't tell honestly if it was a school or a movie theater under construction uh, pretty close to Willow Pass Road, I think, uh, but it may have been further along. You'll get, you do a little bit of an elevation gain before you come back down. And again, yeah, you'll see the, um, I guess, it, it. what is this, where the Sacramento River meets, uh, um, oh, the San Joaquin River, is that what it is, Scoots? I don't really know. There's Stockton, Rio Vista. That is the San Joaquin River. I'm I'm trying to figure. I'm trying. I'm working with you. Don't worry, buddy. Sacramento Deep Water Ship Channel. So there is a way for ships to actually get to um, Stockton, I believe, and uh, Sacramento uh, through this delta. But I I don't know. Other than that, 
the answers are not coming. San Francisco Bay Estuary Research Grizzly. I'm just looking at a map uh, here. But anyway, you're going to continue heading east. Uh, you'll pass uh, like uh, Pittsburgh Bay Point, then Pittsburgh, and eventually get to Antioch. Well, before you get to Antioch, so between Pittsburgh and Antioch is where we'll stop. But first, I want to say, I think I drove, I think I took Highway 4 one time as an experiment all the way to Stockton. So let me see if that's possible. Oh, yeah, it connects with Vasco Road, too. Well, that's interesting. Let me see if I took it all the way there. Just one time I had to do something out in Antioch or Pittsburgh, and then I had to go to Stockton, I think. And, yeah, I did take it all the way to Stockton. I don't know if it's necessarily the most, uh, oh, yeah, because there's Discovery Bay. I think I've been out there once or twice. That's pretty far out. Byron, yeah, these are all exurbs. Uh, Brentwood, not the Brentwood in Los Angeles. This is a Bay Area version, of, I mean, a Bay Area Brentwood. Uh, but there's a lot of cool parks out there. We're still in the um, East Bay Parks District or for some of this. And I was even looking, there's this big break regional shoreline sounds pretty cool. San Joaquin River and, uh, oh, the Sacramento River and the San Joaquin River. Yeah, enter this uh, this delta or whatever you want to call it This uh, that goes into the bay. So this is probably, this water is probably goes, is like, what do you call it, briny? Like where they go from salt to... Uh, so where the fresh water meets the salt water at some point, San Pablo Bay. But yeah, so at one point I did take Highway 4 all the way to Stockton. It was uh, not efficient. I, I don't know if I thought it would save me time or I just wanted to see if I could do it, but I did do it. Oh, there's an Antioch water park. I uh, never heard of that. Uh at the Antioch Community Center. So it looks like their community pool. Okay, but where we're getting off here for now is, let me find my thing here. Where do we get off? Uh, Summersville Road. Uh, and it's a big intersection on Highway 4. And it looks like it isn't officially in Antioch, but right in the middle of Antioch and Pittsburgh. And we're going to head south, uh, west, I guess. So you're basically going to go right on Somerville Road. And you're going to take Somerville Road. Oh, but this is imaginary. So ahead of time, what you're going to want to do is go to the East Bay Parks website. Because our first uh, stop, or our main stop, or, no, our first stop is uh, Black Diamond Mines Regional Preserve Park. Uh, and that is technically in Antioch, 94509. And uh, so it's at the end of Somerville Road. But you do want to make a reservation ahead of time for one of three. There's three different tours you can go on. Uh, there's the... Uh, there's a there there are different uh, places where um, trying to think of what's most sleepy. Some of the stuff's not. It's not. There's nothing not sleepy about what we're gonna do. But for some people, it could be archetypally not sleepy. Um, but let me go to Wikipedia and I'll read to you about it. But you want to make a reserve for one of the tours. Uh, I guess we use is is uh, 
It calls it the Black Diamond Mines. I think that's because at some point they mined coal there, and then they mined silica or sand there. And according to Wikipedia, the Black Diamond Mines Regional Preserve is a 6,000-acre park uh, north of Mount Diablo, Contra Costa County, administered by the East Bay Parks uh, Dis- Regional Park District. And it was acquired in uh, 1973, relics of three mining towns, former coal and sand mines, and offers a guided tour of the former sand mine. But you can also go on a tour that's uh, based on history or just the coal mining tour, which we did, which is a short tour. Like, And one of the reasons we did it is, one, I've never been there. I Personally, I love being inside the earth. And like, like I have full, like places that say you can have our full confidence. Uh, so that for this example, they said, you have our full confidence. Come on inside our earth here. So getting a tour of that kind of stuff, but this was always something that just seemed a little bit too far. So the drive is about, um, I don't know how long the drive is. Let's actually look it up. Uh, I know we had the map up here. What are directions? How long would you like, uh. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like from the East Bay, from 24, once you hit 24, if there's no traffic, you're talking about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Um, okay, so let's go back. Uh, 60 Mile the uh, Preserve contains relics. We covered that. Offers guided tours. There's trails, 60 miles of trails in the preserves of rolling foothill terrain covered with grassland, oak woodland, mixed evergreen forest, and shroparal or whatever, however you say that. I don't know. I'm not kidding. Sharpel, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Oh, Wikipedia has some really nice pictures. Uh, and historically, like, we'll cover it a little bit just because, you know, why not? Uh, 1859, there was a coal deposit discovered, and it wasn't successful at first, uh, but then things were growing rapidly because it was part of the overall Mount Diablo coal field. And uh, so there's some left, like, some of that there. Uh, There was towns there, Nortonville, Somerville, Stewartville, West Hartley, and Judsonville. And you can kind of see one of them because it's on private property or two of them. Uh, The mines, uh, their empire, Central Star, Corcoran, Pittsburgh, Manhattan, Eureka, Independent Union, and, and Black Diamond, Mount Hope, and Cumberland. Now, the thing about the coal is that they told us this on the two two or two. It was uh, low grade because of its age. It wasn't as old as other coal deposits discovered elsewhere. So it didn't burn very clean. It was sub a bit ominous or something. But it was like the only source of uh, readily accessible source in California. And uh, it was carried to the uh, San Joaquin River by three railroads and then put on barges for Sacramento, Stockton, and San Francisco area stuff. Uh, And then as better quality coal became available and easier to ship, uh, they said, okay, that's not great. and you can't really go on any tours of the actual coal mines, so we got a little bit of a view of one, or maybe as a sand mine that they said this is what it was like if it was a coal mine. 
but we went on coal mining tour. Uh, and you can look in different other ones. Uh, it's a really nice park. Uh, there's also other historical areas, including where people um, are resting uh, for a long time. And then there's the sandstone mine. This is in 1920s. Uh, and this, the interesting thing about the tour, too, is said, hey, like a lot of the stuff you use, like glass, for example, it comes from somewhere like this. Uh, so it's good for my daughter and I to see it together. And actually, we live pretty close to the plant uh, that's still open, I think. Uh, in the 1920s, uh, high-quality silica sandstone, uh, the, they started uh, taking that out of Somersville area. And that was sold to the Hazel Atlas, is what it's called now, and for containers. Uh, and that was operated until 1945. There was another one in Nortonville. And that Hazel Atlas is slowly being uh, restored and maintained. Uh, and I'd like to go on that for a tour. And you can go into, there's like a portal, they call it, uh, and that's where their visitor center is, uh, which is really, really cool in the museum. Let's see. Recreation, you got great views uh, of the Mount Diablo and the River Delta. A lot of wildflowers. uh uh, wildlife, uh, we saw some birds, uh, and the park is open year round. 2016, they, someone else donated some more land to it. Uh, so I think that's it for the history. Let's cover that short, sh- however you say that word, uh, because we went on a hike. Okay. So let me tell you, like, give you more directions and we'll go to more facts. Uh, so we drove up Somerville road, then you go, you enter the park and then you go on a winding road Now go slow. Cause there's people doing biking up and down the hill and you do a slow elevation gain going up the hill there. And, uh, then you park and there are, um, now you do have to like, uh, go to the visitor centers a, a bit, uh, away. I don't know, like a quarter mile maybe from the parking. So make sure you have screen, sunscreen, water, a hat, uh, maybe some, you know, the, the kind of stuff you'd bring on a hike. Uh, and it could be pretty warm out there. The day we went, it was not, it was windy and it was, the sun was out, but it was not warm. It was not hot. And so we used, well, I, I drank two Coke Zeros, so I used the uh, the uh, the PIT facility, a pit-based water water closet. Uh, and then we headed up towards the visitor center. We checked in. We were early. We watched a film from, Bay, like, an old episode of Bay Area Backroads uh, covering the mine and the surrounding park. Uh and looked at some of the exhibits. Then we went for a hike on a trail. I think it was called Chaparral. 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 That's according to Wikipedia. And I think that was the name of the trail we went on, a loop. It was pretty cool because it went by a couple of historical places. Now, the only thing was we had about a half hour and it was a really nice hike, uh, but then it was a loop, but I don't think we knew how long the loop was. So then we started getting under a time crunch, and you know when Scoots gets under a time crunch. So the first part of the loop that we went on went uphill, 
and the second one went downhill. But this chaparral, 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 that makes sense. I mean, remember, I'm dyslexic, so this stuff, when it's not a sight word and it's very confusing like this, it is really not easy for me. But it's a shrubland plant community. And I think these are the ones, I'm more familiar with seeing them a lot in Los Angeles and like the Angeles National Forest. Uh, But you can find them in California, Southern Oregon, Baja Peninsula. It needs a Mediterranean climate uh, and uh, stuff to kind of uh, give it area. It's uh, summer drought drought tolerant plants, uh, evergreen leaves. Uh, which is different than coastal sta- sage scrub, which is found on other drier slopes uh, within their biome. And there's other closely related troubling systems in Arizona and Texas. Uh, but yeah, Cal- these ones, they need, uh, you could see them, yeah. And then it's, uh, let's see. Mature chaparral uh, is characterized by impenetrable dense thickets, and uh, they do grow get dry. So you got to watch. You know, you got to take care. Uh, they grow as woody shrubs with thick, leathery, often small leaves. Uh, they contain uh, leaves all year. They're evergreen and drought resistant. Uh, and they can, uh, uh, they do flower occasionally uh, when it, after the first rain. Uh, let's see, I think these are the ones though with the, um, the red bark. I don't know. That's what I, I mean. I, I would have thought that would have left led with that. Uh, so maybe I'm talking about two different plants. Uh, maybe that's manzanita. I don't know. I guess we got to look up manzanita now just to cover me. Because I'm not seeing the bark, uh, and the bark, oh no, there you go. Oh, manzanita, there we go. Oh boy. So I didn't know, I don't know my chaparral from, chaparral from uh, my manzanita, which I mean, I guess is not, uh, is not, uh, you know, surprising. Let's see. So manzanita is another evergreen shrub. Uh, it goes, it go, gr- grows in the chaparral, ch- chaparral biome. So maybe, maybe manzanita is a type of chaparral. So we could have gone on the manzanita loop or the chaparral loop. Uh, manzanitas can live in places with poor soil, little water, smooth orange or red bark. There you go. And stiff twisting branches. Uh, there's 105 species of manzanita. Uh, 95 of which are found in the Mediterranean climate or colder regions. Uh, and they can grow up to 20 feet tall. They bloom in the winter to early spring. They do have berries and flowers. Uh, and uh, it's like a, it's translated uh, to little apple. And they're, uh, I don't know, they're really cool looking plant trees or bushes or plants. Uh, so if you haven't seen a manzanita and you're not on a tour with someone that doesn't know his manzanita from his shrapnel, uh, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and check it out. Uh, but, um, so that's one thing. I mean, that's one. So that's, so we went on the hike, right? Uh, through manzanita, through chaparral, looked at different stuff. There was sandstone, there was other stuff, there was other people hiking. It was a beautiful day. 
And again, it was just nice to be out. And even for where I live in the East Bay, it's a different environment, even though it was only 45 minutes away. It's a hotter, drier climate out there. And it's cool to be out there because it doesn't get as much of the bay coastal fog as we do. And so we had a nice little hike, but, it, you know, it did get tense as the time was clicking down because we had gone too far to go back the way we came. Well, it was like a gamble I took. He said, well, if this is a loop, uh, and it's not known, it wasn't like a known, it didn't seem like it was an intense hiking. I was like, we should be able to complete the loop. Uh, so it was my fault, my responsibility too. But we completed the loop literally with like one or two minutes to spare before the tour began. But then people showed up to the tour late anyway. And then we went on a nice tour. Uh, we got to see some, they, like, these East Bay Park tours are really well done. Um, they had, like, uh, photos. They had a piece of coal. There was also larger photos and murals on the walls that we stopped and looked at. There was historical exhibits. So we kind of got an idea of what it was like in, for this tour to take coal out of the area. And the process of doing that and the uses. And then a brief touch on the, the history, uh, specifically in the history of these towns that would spring up and then move on to the next uh, coal town. So it was nice uh, and uh, really well done to a really nice thing. I highly recommend it. Again, if you live in the Bay Area or the East Bay, you may have gone on. And I, did I talk? No, I, I guess I went on a tangent before I finished this tangent. Uh, so this is something I'd always wanted to do. And then my daughter, she was supposed to, they like the, that's a big school field trip. That's what my point I was trying to make, uh, that you go on and hers, but her school field trip did not like the day of the field trip. She was not feeling well. So she didn't go on the field trip. I think it was in fourth or fifth grade. So she never made it, uh, on this tour. And I think there was one other time I had scheduled the tour or paid for it. It's uh, 3 to $5, uh, and then we couldn't make it. So this has, like, been something that has been on my bucket list. I think, that like, and it sounded way more work than it was to drive, I don't know, just to reserve something to drive out there. I don't know if you could relate, but to me, that's, like, that's too much for me to handle. So, you know, that's just, you know, that's me. That's who I am. So um, then... What it was, so what was my point? I don't know. I have no idea what my point was. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, so, so it's finally something we got to do. So it's cool and, and, and well worth it. But one day I'd like to go on the Hazel Mine Tour, but probably not for a while just because I just was there. And maybe do some more hiking because there's a lot to see. And my daughter didn't have the best shoes, and she's not big into... Um, hiking she she i mean she enjoyed the hike we went on also you know i prefer hikes with you know mountain streams that we can jump in just like you know who doesn't okay so we got we did that right uh we've recovered we got that covered right so we we did that uh then like the next stop was lunch for us now again to some of you this is going to seem uh is strange, but I'll get, uh, I'll explain it. But we, we don't live in an area like, uh, I think this is like everybody. When I first moved, moved to California, I remember you know, the first time I ate at Jack in the Box, it was a big privilege because, uh, 
we just didn't have Jack in the boxes on the East Coast. And I, I don't know if there's any other ones that jump out to me. I mean, in and out, or in and out, but in and out wasn't as big back then. So I think we actually had to drive to Downey from where I lived in L.A. to get to an in and out. Um, but so, uh, but so for some of you, you have Sonic, which has ads on TV all the time. Sonic Burger is what it's called. But there's no urban Sonic Sonics where we live. And so to go to Sonic is an adventure for us uh, and a rarity. And it was something we did twice uh, during the pandemic or maybe only once. I think we did it twice where it was like uh, during 2020 and 2021, like uh, like just going to, to get takeout uh, or whatever was a big deal. Like it was that was an adventure because you were and it would it, 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 now it's a drive. It's kind of like old fashioned, no roller skates anymore. But particularly during 2020 and 2021, it was perfect because they bring it to your car and then you eat in your car anyway and you order from your car and your car is parked in like an overhang. And so it was a treat because they're famous for their limeade. I did not get the limeade. My daughter got diet limeade and she said it was really good. I think I tasted it. I had Coke Zero. And I had a hamburger. It was really good. We got their mozzarella sticks were very good. My daughter got a, a chili cheese dog. She said it was good. They, they have tater tots and fries, curly fries. I think curly fries. Um, and then we got um, very similar to other places. I think they call them blasts there, like a blizzard flurry blast. Uh, I had Butterfinger, and my daughter had uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And that was all very good, and it was enjoyable. Um, and, yeah, it was nice. So we sat in the car, and uh, we, we sat in the car and enjoyed our meal. It was really nice. Um, so let's see. We got uh, – let's see. What else is going on? Um, so we did that. Now, we didn't finish our Butterfinger – our blasts uh, – because, uh, no, so, so, oh, so, yeah, I guess that's all the explanation. It was just a treat for us because we never ate there. And it was a Saturday, and that's the day I kind of let loose on how I, you know, I like, whatever. It, it was a nice treat. But then we kind of enjoyed our blasts as we drove, um, and we had one more stop, uh, and it was really amazing. It was in Walnut Creek. I had accidentally found this place when I was on a walk, and I was so happy to discover it was still in business uh, because Walnut Creek, downtown Walnut Creek, is where the co-working space that I use during the week is when my daughter's at school. And when I first, especially when I first went there, uh, I would go out for a lot of walks. Uh, I would take a break, and I would go for a walk because uh, I was not familiar with Walnut Creek. I'm still not totally familiar with it. And, you know, I didn't know if we would move to that area, that general area or not. Uh, and I knew I'd be spending a lot of time there. So I was going for a lot of walks. And at one point I went for a walk. And I was in an unfamiliar area, not far from where my co-working space was. But there was like a path going through like apartments or condos. But it seemed like a public path. And so I went through that path, like, you know, when condos are built around a common green type thing without parking. So it was very nice going through the heart of these condos or apartments. 
And then I went through another, uh, I think another set, another little path. And actually, even though it was a weekday, there was a couple of people enjoying the park or the common green. And then I kind of dumped me out on a street, uh, which was weird. But I said, okay. And I said, should I go left or right? And I said, oh, I guess I'll go left. Uh, and I turned left on the street in, in a parking lot. Uh, and this was kind of like a a kind of suburb type street. I think there was, yeah, like a piano, like piano lesson place, uh, nail shop, uh, insurance office, a couple takeout restaurants, independent ones. And, but in the back parking lot was, uh, a seemingly somewhat homemade putt putt course, like in the parking lot. So no theming on the course. And, 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 uh, like a homemade one. And I mean, I don't mean homemade in an insulting way in this case, because I, I said, huh, that's cool. We'll have to, I hope that like, and I think maybe it was even open. I'm not even sure, but I just kind of glanced at it. And I think I Googled it. And then more recently I said, you know what? I want to go back there. Let me Google and see if it's still around. And we did, did and it's, it's called Putter's Putt-Putt. I hope it's still open when you're even listening to this, if you're in the Bay. And we went there. Not only did they have 18 holes, I think they had 22 holes. And, and they were like uh, like uh, this person. I don't know if the person who we paid was the person who built the course. Uh, and that it seems like they're kind of like a a fun scientist of mini golf. So it's like they're like it was such a wonderful thing to see. Like, uh, like there was no... Uh, I mean, it would be difficult to, at this point to take it apart and move it. Uh, but, like, it seemed like they're still going to be adding on even more holes. A lot of the holes were very inventive. The price was amazing. Like I said, there wasn't, they said, uh, there's 22 holes or 21 holes, just so you know. And, like, uh, it was just really, really fun. Now, if you go to, like, in a more expensive, you know, built-in uh, mini-golf place, uh, you know, there's more theming and stuff, but this was about the golf, and for me and my daughter, about the competition, because uh, we're about evenly matched, uh, and so we really enjoyed that, and, uh, you know, hopefully, I think on the next update here, I'll update you with another mini-golf trip, because I guess that's kind of like uh, part of the adventures we're going on, so Scoots will be back in a little bit here with another update. Everybody scoots here back with another bay bay afternoon. Now for this one, we're going right to San Francisco, and you could walk it. You, I, I probably suggested walking it, uh, taking public transit, uh, but you could drive. But how you get there is not important as getting there, and and you could plan an afternoon. You could probably plan a morning. You could plan a whole day and a whole evening. Uh, and this is the area, I don't know what it's actually called. It's a, like I call, I would call it South Market, but I know I'm wrong. Oh, Mission Bay. Is that what it's called? Yeah, let's see here. Old Wikipedia. Uh, I just looked it up. In Mission Bay, San Francisco. It's a 303-acre neighborhood, according to Wikipedia. It's bordered by China Basin and the Dog Patch. Which uh, I think we did. You will be going into China Basin as well, and San Francisco Bay to the east. Originally an industrial district, 
It uh, redeveloped uh, with UCSF uh, Mission Bay campus and the Chase Center. Its location, as we said, is, uh, let's see, the history. It was uh, it used to be a salt marsh and lagoon. Uh, then it was uh, where refuge from building projects was placed, uh, then debris. Uh, then the marsh quickly stabilized with the weight of the infill, then became an industrial district. It was used for shipbuilding and repair and other things. Uh Believe it or not, you could pass by the where uh, Jack London was born. I don't know if that's in here, because that might be in China Basin. Attractions, it has UCSF. Uh, uh, let's see, the headquarters of, uh, that was, you know, interesting, of uh, Old Navy and the Gap. Uh, the northern terminus of Third Street Light Rail Project and the northern te- te- terminus at Caltrain. So you could take the train there from a lot of places. Uh, uh, there's a, a public library, so I'm going to have to make multiple trips here. What else we got here? The San Francisco Bay Trail, the Blue Greenway Waterfront Trail. So these are things I didn't check out, but I highly suggest them. Sinking Sidewalk. So I'll be going back here. It's also served by the N. Judah and the T. Third Street lines of the metro. And uh, it's adjacent to South Beach, which maybe is where Oracle Park is. So I may not have been. I may have been in South Beach. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Mission Bay is, uh, well, I could see some U- UCSF uh, UCSF stuff, but uh, whatever. Um so anyway, what was my point? Uh, my point is that you should go check it out because uh, it uh, it's uh, like a nice area. Those all those areas. So basically, let me see. If you're not from San Francisco, like you could between the neighborhoods that are s- south of Market, I believe is what the area is called. So you got China Basin, 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 Mission Bay, South Beach, I guess. And you could go to you could you could even go if you really like a walker like I am you could walk you could go walk from the ferry building under the bridge along the Embarcadero and the waterfront maybe stop at uh, there's two favorite famous burger places on the water there's also the Delancey Street Cafe and then you could keep walking you could check out the Giants Stadium you could go to a game there you could watch it from the outside. Uh, when we happened to go, it was a, a big sporting night. Now we went early uh, because of this, so the, so it was very it was bustling. What a great you know, and I love you know what I love is a bustling area when I'm in a good mood, and I happen to be in a good mood. So I was prepared for some bustling. So we saw the Giants were playing the Dodgers that night. Uh, and so we saw a lot of giant and Dodger fans. Uh, be you know being friendly and loving towards one another. Mostly people were getting ready to go to dinner or to a pub or whatever, because it was like round dinner. It wasn't. Uh, I think it was about three hours before the game. And then also you saw a lot of people in Dubs jerseys, so the San Francisco Warriors or the Golden State Warriors, I guess. And they were going to Chase Center. Now, there wasn't a game at Chase Center, but you could watch one of the NBA final games from within Chase Center or outside of it. Uh, now, this was not on our plan. 
Also, just because I love walking, my guest, who is my daughter, she does not love walking anymore because, you know, it's like, one of, like what a way to have your child rebel against you, not liking walking anymore. But, I, you know, I probably walked her too much. So I, I guess if you're going to rebel, I say, okay, well, at least you'll do stuff. You just won't walk as much. Uh, so I couldn't really get her to do a lot of these walking trails. But w- what she would do is walk 18 holes of miniature golf with me. But what I'm saying is there's a lot to look at. If you're into um, adult you know, beer and stuff, there's a lot of places to go have a drink. Uh, there's also a lot of places to eat, which is part of what we're doing. And so um, we're going to the Stagecoach Greens, which is a mini golf place uh, within this area of San Francisco uh, called, uh, let me look up. Well, the mini golf place is called Stagecoach, Stagecoach Greens. Uh, but there's also, it's adjacent to this food truck park called Spark Social. And so it's really cool because it has, it's a, and especially if you're like, uh, again, you're, they had a bunch of places to get, uh, not like adult drinks, soda drinks, there's soda stuff, you know. And so there's like two blocks of food trucks, plenty of seating, and there was plenty of shade. And uh, so we got there, we'd made a reservation. Here's one thing. If you're going to play at Stagecoach Greens, make a reservation. I think you have to in order to, like, you make a tea time and you pay for your ticket ahead of time. And we had that. We were actually early, surprise, surprise, when you're with Scoots. And so they said, you're early and we got a large party in front of you. So can you come back at your tea time? And it happened that my daughter was a little bit hungry, so we got uh, some fries and a lemonade from a stand. And I'll say the fries were really good. The lemonade was not good. It was a little bit of a disappointment. It was a you know it was a, it was over three dollars, and uh, I'd be honest, it wasn't even worth the dollar. Like. Uh, so that was a little bit of a frustration, but, you know, not the end of the world because we needed our liquid. So, but the fries were excellent. Holy mackerel, were these good fries. So that kind of made up for it. They were from the same truck. And then we proceeded to play uh, some golf at Stagecoach Greens, which is, um, it's a well-themed course. Uh, it, uh, now if you're, it, it is, it is, uh wouldn't say it was super challenging and you know i'm I'm just getting it you know this is only a say you know this is like i'm not really good at mini golf uh but it was fun and i'll just run through there's 18 holes it was very busy so you had to have we packed our patients and we used it uh and we just, just uh even with the reservations there was a, it was after work on a, a friday night i think and so there's a lot of going on. So I, I would recommend going in off hours, like on a weekday during the day or something. But let's see. So you had the Rocking Stone, a Barbary Coast Saloon. That's a hole one and two. Immigrant Trail, which was a mountain. Stagecoach Wheel. Sierra Mining Tunnels. uh a uh, gold rush place where people rest, uh, then a gold cart, then the railroad joining the nation, Mission Bay Shipyard. Alpha in the Air was funny. It was like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but with skyscrapers. 
each hole also had a little history panel, which was cool, and a sound effect. Uh, so those two things were nice uh, also to experience, in my opinion. Sutro Fog, that was a really nice hole. Splash splash Hit, that's uh, for the giant stadium. A Walk in the Woods was uh, Golden Gate Park. Uh, I felt that was... Uh, What's that? Uh, Fuller House House uh, or a Victorian Ocean Beach Bonfire. Spirit of Invention, Dragon's Gate, and Eureka. And so there were nice holes. It was a nice golf course. It was outside, I mean, which, again, is a rarity in San Francisco. I think this is the only outdoor mini golf course. Uh, seems to be independently operated. I think they have, may have, maybe they have one other course in Denver. I can't remember. I thought that came up. Uh, a little, you know, San Francisco prices, so prepare yourself. You got to pay ahead of time anyway. And very busy, but we had fun. Um, let's see. I did have uh, three hole in ones, which for me is pretty rare. So, I mean, I probably got, I think on the second hole, it was, it was a nice shot. Uh, that was, uh, straight down the middle. It wasn't a trick shot. You just had to go under something so you couldn't see the hole, but you could tell where it was. On hole four, that was, uh, that was a result of a mulligan, I'll be honest. Uh, and then I got a 14. Oh, so 14 was a hole in what you, yeah, so 14 and four, those, so I only had actually one hole in one, because the other two were, you could, we each get a mulligan on the front nine and the back nine, and while I don't note it, I did remember that that is where I got my, what was my worst hole? Great question. Uh, hole six, I uh, maxed out at a uh, hole six. Uh, oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was just a long hole. Uh, that was a gold rush place where people rest, uh, at the big foot to the big farm. Um, and I think it was just a matter of, I think I also missed uh, two close putts. So it's probably, I had a three, I was going for a three and then missed the three. Then I missed the four. And I do remember that was like, I told my daughter, I'm like, okay, this kind of puts us close to even again, which it did at the, at the, um, Wow, I think we tied the back, the front half, I was only up by one stroke, and then we tied on the um, back half. Uh, so, actually, we had a victory. That's rare. Usually, I come in third because I get frustrated, you know. So, we finished up mini golf. Uh, then we, you know, we used the facilities. Uh, and then we headed to this, like, uh, the larger part of Spark uh, Social, is that what it was called? Um Oh, this, uh, there, yeah, the couple of retired mini golf fanatics. This is from sfeater.com. Are the visionaries behind Stagecoach Green, Greens? And, uh, yeah, it follows the, uh, the theme of, uh, boom and bust. Uh, they had different fabricators work on them. And, uh, so then the food cat, food trucks, uh, so there was a food trucks. There's five food trucks from Park Labs, which is the one that runs the food trucks and uh, Spark Social uh, that were at Stagecoach Greens. And, you know, they just had a bad day on the lemonade. Let me just say that. Uh, 
But then you could go one more block down to the whole spark social, which I was talking about, and eat, you know, from a multitude of places or drink from a multitude of places and sit down. And it was, again, bustling, but not overpacked. It was busy, but not too busy. And there was a couple of the big name. We we decided uh, my daughter wanted um, a case of beer, which I think I talked about recently. With a, you know, there's a difference between beer, like beer is kind of stewed meat, uh, and case of beer, which is beer, stewed meat, uh, usually in this case of beef, uh, but it's cooked in this consume. So we got to consume. And it's cooked in consomme. I don't know. It's tough to describe. You'll have to look it up. So my, we hadn't had case of beer in a while, but it really worked out because so my, we got two case of beer tacos or two case of beer. I think that's just what you call it, just case of beer, which is basically you take the beer with cheese um, and then on the griddle, they cook the tortilla and then they use the, you know, melt the cheese, heat up the beef. Uh, and they, they do that in the, in some consomme, which has this, uh, some of the chilies and stuff. Uh, so it, it kind of crisps it up and melts the cheese, a lot of cheese. If you're a big fan of cheesy stuff. So we had two of those, one each with a consomme which I think comes for, came included. I don't know. I don't remember paying extra for it. Some places charge extra for a side of consomme. But so we got that. And then I got a pizza from a pizza place. And I got to tell you, like uh, the people at the pizza place, they were went above and beyond with their service. The case of beer place was great too, but they were just really friendly and really on top of it. And they were out of napkins. They said, Hey, you're out of napkins. They took care of that really quick. And the pizza was really good. It was like a, you know, was a smaller personal size, but here's where it really worked out. So then we ate the case of beer, kept the consomme. Then I went and got the pizza. I also picked up a root beer for myself uh, and uh, a LaCroix. And I don't know what my daughter had to drink. But, uh, and then, um, uh, we took the pizza and dipped it in the consomme. And I'll tell you what, if you have a side of consomme with any, this was a like a meat pizza, so it had sausage, uh, pepperoni, and salami. First, we tried the crust, but then even dipping the pizza in itself in the consomme was unbelievable. And it was just great to be around, you know, like outdoors. It was bustling. People were enjoying themselves. A lot of people, like, enjoying their post-work happy hour kind of situation. And then tons of jerseys because people were going there before the uh, Dubs game and before the Giants game. And really enjoyable, really pleasurable evening. So that's another one you could do as a lunch. You could do it as a dinner. I don't know about a breakfast. I don't. Probably not, but maybe for brunch. And you could do a lot of walking, or you could go to one of the, see a sporting event, or you could just play some mini golf. So that's another day in the bay from Scoots to you. Good night, everybody.